Every man podcast. Oh, I heard it. I felt it. I heard it. I felt it. I saw it. I smelt it. And I liked it. And I liked it. Big dog, Daryl Campbell. What's happening? Man, I'm in this cosmic canoe. It is Monday, and I'm with Brother Jay, and I'm having a good day, man. Brother I Jay. I think that's how I think oh, that. Brother, brother, Jay. Brother, brother Jay. Yeah. Brother um, Jay. I've been listening to a lot of the Steven Seagal reggae, and uh, that's kind of how I'm kind of dialing in my my oh, my lolly. Rasta. Oh, lollipop, lollipop. What is it good for? Man, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm. It started out as ironic, but I'm really that songs from the Crystal Cave is slowly creeping up my uh, my it's, my place. It's just fire, man! It's, it's just good stuff. Fire. It's good All stuff. The time fire. Whew. Man, I'll tell you what, dude. It's it's great to be it's great to be back to work. We've been talking about that a bit. We've we've got a lot going on, a lot coming up this week. A little bit of a different schedule. I just want to hit you guys with what's going on this week. Obviously, it's Wednesday. It's Every Man Day. Listen to the pod. We've got our brother Cameron Lynch, NFL mm-hmm. veteran, CEO of Heartwork Media, entrepreneur, every man, mm-hmm. just an awesome guy. He's our guest today. Before mm-hmm. we get to the pod, uh, yeah. the plan for this week. So things are we're gonna do a little bit of a different schedule. Obviously, Fourth of July mm-hmm. is coming up. It's my second favorite holiday behind Christmas. I almost I, it's almost one A one B for me at this point. I love the Fourth of July, and of course, last year we started this tradition. Uh, there will be a Fourth of July spectacular this year for you to listen to as you are getting ready for your barbecue this Saturday, and this Friday night our Twitch stream is gonna be live. Uh, the Everyman Podcast live on Twitch, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the year of our Lord, 2020, Friday, July 3rd, Everyman Podcast on mm-hmm. Twitch. We're going to be yep. there, and it's going to be a 4th of July spectacular stream. Extravaganza. It's going to be an extravaganza, and then uh, you know the 4th of July pod will drop on Saturday. So we're going to be hitting you with a couple pods this week. Uh, I'll tell you what, next couple weeks, man. It's going to be hot in here. Lit it. Hot in. Hot in here. So hot in her. Did 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 we ever find out if people in St. Louis do the her thing? Over there, over her. Over over her, over there. Is that just some shit Nelly made up? I've never been to St. Louis. I should we should I should have asked our guest today. I tell you what, it sounds better when Nelly's doing it. No matter who. Some her over her, my hair over there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe we'll get a little uh, every man uh, every man out. Man, I'll, 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 I'll. In her so hot, so hot. You know, dude. I I remember. Uh, I think it was in like 2010 or something. VH1 did like the the top 100 songs of uh, you know the the 20th century, and like yeah. Hot in Her was like number 82. And I remember thinking like they really like look. I, I'm not. I'm not cutting on Nelly or the St. Lunatics by any means. I, I I love Nelly. Okay, give me two per. You know what I'm saying? Two per. But I don't think I don't think that's the 82nd greatest song ever written. Mm. You know? Oh no. no, I agree. I mean, like, what are we are we taking into account? Like, Mary had a little lamb. Because if you start throwing those in there, dude, you know the or, 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 or baby shark. I mean, right, dude. I mean, you start hitting those those uh, nursery rhymes, and it's hard to make it's hard to make a list without them. 
the musings yeah. of the musings <laughs> of the everyman. So we're here. We're here this week. Uh, like I said, Cameron Lynch, uh, awesome, awesome dude. Had a great conversation with him. Really, really enjoyed talking with him. Learned a little bit about uh, his his life, his business, kind of what he's trying to get into next. And I think there's a lot of little nuggets in there that uh, that everybody can grab onto and. He talks a little bit about, you know, what he's up to and, and where he's headed. And uh, check out the show notes today. Obviously, uh, you're listening to this audio version of the podcast, so scroll up in your podcast app of choice, and uh, you'll see the links to his social media for his company, Heartwork Media, and also the URL to get to his website. Because websites, we still, I'm using them more than ever. Yeah, I'm trying to use less apps, more websites. You know what I mean? Still, the information super high, right? Yeah, you know, last the World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Surfing the web. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hang 10. Hang 10. We don't, we don't, we don't surf the web Swag as much anymore. Surfing. Swag surfing. Away. I remember, I remember, do you remember um, like web TV? Oh. Where it was yeah. like a, it was like a box that you connected to your yeah, television. Dude. That was I like a, that. it was, I, I just remember them saying like, now this is the future. You're going to be yeah. sitting at your at your television with a mouse and a keyboard, and uh, you're going to be inter- interacting with very basic uh, applications over a modem. That's going to be oh, yeah. the future. They were close. They were really. I mean, it almost was the future. But <laughs> that's like our guy. A gigaram ought to do it. <laughs> yeah, gigaram ought to do it. Yeah. Shout out under siege too. Um, yeah, man. The world's 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 changing fast, but uh, you Big know time. we got Big guys time. like Cameron Lynch holding it down. So. Um, I'm not going to spoil who's coming up on the podcast next week. I want mm. everybody to be surprised when they see it. But let me just tell you, stay tuned. If you're listening to the podcast here for the first time, welcome to the Cosmic Canoe. In Hop here. in, grab yourself a paddle. Of course, put on your safety vest because safety first and mm. then teamwork. Okay? Strap in. Let yep. it roll. Let's get yep. it. And, uh, you know, let's take it to our interview with the good man, Cameron Lynch. Kill Cam. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is an entrepreneur, he's an NFL veteran, he's an absolute everyman. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the CEO of Heartwork Media, our new patron in the Cosmic Canoe, Cameron Lynch. Cam, what's up, brother? Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? What's going on, Cam? Blessed and highly favored, to quote my dear brother DC over here, blessed and highly favored, man. (laughs) Welcome to the show, welcome to the Cosmic Canoe, Uh, really excited to have you on, And, and right off the bat, my man... Tell us, what's up? Where are you? What are you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, currently in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I would say my second home to California from L.A. Um, So, you know, just taking it easy, one day at a time, staying healthy. Uh, There's a lot going on, so uh, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little little thing or two that's been, uh, you know, it's like, hey, so what's new with you? And everybody's like, oh, come on, really? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. And, and, you know, I know from, from our end, you know, uh, Daryl and I, when this whole thing started, we didn't quite know what to make of it. Um, and we, we did our best. So how did you, how did you, uh, you know, how did you react? What did you, what did you do to kind of maximize that time? And, and how did you stay positive throughout this whole process? Let's take it from there. Yeah, really. I've been uh, journaling a lot. 
Um, I've been journaling a lot, meditating about twice a day, you know what I mean, just to get set up for the mm-hmm. day, uh, making my bed, you know what I mean, uh, doing the small things, you know what I mean, to start the day off uh, just to get going and be productive. Uh, you know, now running a, a startup company is pretty tough, you know what I mean, and um, just staying focused, staying in the paint because a lot of times things can draw you out. So uh, just really staying focused, connecting with people like D.C., uh, to really, um, you know, once COVID does drop, you know what I mean? Now we can hit the ground running. That's what it's all about. You know, uh, we talk about networking here all the time and how much and how important that is. And we're going to we're going to touch on how we kind of all are connected here. Um, but, you know, it's funny is you mentioned uh, the startup and, and, you know, cleaning your room, taking taking care of your bed. It's, you know, shout out to the great Jordan Peterson. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if you're familiar with his his kind of his work, but a lot of his stuff is about, you know, start with your room, clean your room. You know, get your shit in order, and you'd be amazed that if you can start by making your bed, and then you fold your socks, and then you just keep building and building, you know, next thing you know, you start your own business. And I think there's a lot of truth um, to that. And, and I'm curious, tell us about, if you care to share, I know it can be a personal thing, um, but what, what kind of, what, what's your meditation routine like? Uh, that's something I'm really fascinated in, because a lot of successful people uh, that I kind of, you know, aspire to be like, I find that they all kind of spend... Uh, some quiet time in the morning or the night or whenever, uh, kind of centering themselves or meditating or, or, or you know, be, becoming intentional. What's what's your process like, if you'd like to share? Yeah, and I just started this, you know, not too long ago. But really, what I do is in the mornings, I don't look at my text or anything like that. Uh, I, I die my And then uh, I'll just sit for 10 minutes, set my alarm for just 10 minutes, and, uh, and meditate. So I'll, I'll count essentially. So uh, in for four seconds, hold for six seconds and out for eight. Um, and I'll do that for a good 10 minutes. And then, um, then I'll head outside, right? As soon as I finish my meditation, I'll go outside, get some sunlight because it uh, actually starts the melatonin process, right? So I can get into bed a little bit earlier, right? A lot of us sometimes are playing video games and right. stuff like that up too late. So um, I got to hop into bed, man, to get that going. And then, um, after that, uh, I'll start journaling. I'll write down kind of what my day looks like, what the yes- what yesterday was like, and uh, set the day up like that. And then I'll dive into my text and get get the day started. Talking about meditation, um, you know, this is something that that a lot of a lot of successful people, uh, you know, do. I, I I read some Tony Robbins stuff back in the day, and I remember seeing that, you know, this this that crazy guy starts his day with like a thirty minute meditation, followed up by you know mm-hmm. five ice bath splashes and i mean there's a lot of really cool <laughs> when you start kind of digging into how successful people or how people that you just you look up to are living uh you start finding all these weird things you're like oh you know what let me give that a try and then and amazingly you know uh some, you, you find some things that help i know just being on this just doing this podcast you know on this cosmic canoe journey that we've been in uh i've learned so much stuff from our guests you know and, and hearing you talk about meditation oh, yeah. and uh you know and getting getting your day started right i mean that's that's something that that i'm looking to do that's that's really cool man yeah, yeah. Um, the splash is funny you say that because uh, I saw something on Uninterrupted and the shop with a LeBron, his, his company, and Pharrell was on there. And so he said every morning he gets the cold water and he splashes on his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why he keeps his face fresh. So ever since I saw that, I've been doing that every morning. You know what I mean? And uh, it works out pretty good, you know? So uh, there's just little, you know, tricks and tips that, um, that I think people have already used. So now just listening and taking those and using it for me for yourself. 
Absolutely. You know, speaking of tips, Daryl Daryl commented on my uh, calf muscles the other day. He goes, "Dude, your calves are bigger than mine." I said, "Well, yeah, one, dude. one, it's the drumming, but two, when I was like ten years old, I heard some one of my older brother's friends talking about. They were all they're all track athletes, and they were talking about running on their tippy toes up up like stadium steps to to strengthen their legs. And then I was like, you know. I'm just going to start walking on my tippy toes up the stairs. Like I just made a conscious effort to do it. And now like I can't, you know, 17 years later, I can't not walk on my tippy toes up upstairs and people are like, what are yeah, you doing? Man. But dude, check the calves. It works. So, yeah, you know, splash a little cold water on your face and start walking on your tippy toes up the stairs. And I guarantee you, mm-hmm. your calves will be prime by the time you're 30. If you start when you're 10. <laughs> Cam, you got big calves, man. Man, I, I, you know, they call me Thunder Thighs, man, in uh, <laughs> high school. So, you know, I have big legs, everything, you know, the tree front thighs over here. <laughs> I'd say that's, a, tired, that's, that's a, a little, it might be a little different. <laughs> that's the one thing that never ceases to amaze me. Uh, been getting close with Daryl and, and him bringing me into his world and meeting some of the, some of you fine NFL uh, specimens. It's, it's like you're all humongous and you're just slightly smaller or slightly larger than the next and everybody's like oh no that guy's undersized and i'm like five nine i'm going really undersized okay if you say so so i'm sure you guys all got uh thunder thighs compared to this us normal walking human people out there well my thighs my thighs might be thunder but my calves are flamingos man these these (laughs) are ridiculous start walking those stairs on the tippy toes man Hey man, I used to do that too, like back in Chicago, because that's where I'm from. I used to, I used to have the shoes with the, like the like little space oh, horses yeah. on the front where you can like you know so you can dunk and all that. Man, my calves didn't get big at nothing, but I was I was dunking though. Just, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get those training mm, shoes, man. Those little training you know jumpy mean? shoes. <laughs> so that's crazy. So uh, let's let's back it up a little bit, uh, and I want I want to talk about your NFL career uh, and your, your time in the league. So uh, obviously, from from the backdrop of your uh, your your Skype video there, I see that uh, you're you're Syracuse Orangeman. So tell us a little bit about uh, you know your your college time and, uh, and and that transition, getting ready to go from from college to the pros. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, college to the pros was was a beast. Uh, I had a chance to. Finished early, actually. I was an engineer major in college for two years. Uh, so me and DC were talking some, uh, some you know, uh, anime and whatnot, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. Like, I- I'm a big nerd. You know what I mean? I took all AP classes in high school, uh, physics, calc, you know what I mean? Engineer major in college. And then I realized, you know, having a full-time job as, as in football and then being an engineer major, that don't really mix like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when I'm excel in one so i went to economics and i graduated a semester early um so i had a chance to apply to grad school you know depending on how football went and um started training for for the nfl so uh, i had that last semester to train uh, apply to grad school study for that uh, for the gre in that way and then that transition man from college to the nfl was a beast i mean undrafted dc i mean uh you were you drafted dc no nah, man, I, I'm I, I was talk, I was talking with uh, my man B Cope today about because he was he was an undrafted free agent coming out of UPenn, and then me the same situation out of uh, ND, and you know I, I I look at how just like the tail of the tape, if I didn't talk to my agent and go to that last pre-draft workout. I wouldn't have torn my ACL the week before the draft and uh, missed out on I don't know 
maybe going to the second round with Baltimore. But it's, 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 but it's crazy how, how God works. I end up going to play with, with uh, Baltimore in 09 anyway, regardless. So, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, Daryl. If you, if you hadn't listened to him, you would have ended up being drafted by the Ravens. I would have ended up having to hate you because I'm a Steelers fan, and this whole Cosmic <laughs> Canoe journey would have never happened. So, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's like, I'm not, you know, who, who am I to say? But come on. You know, yep, absolutely, absolutely. I think, it, know, worked, I think um, it worked out. But no, you Cam, you know what it is coming coming out of uh coming out of just being an undrafted free agent is a little bit different. You don't got that cushion from when you drafted, you know what I mean? So like when you come in, you got to be firing on all cylinders and you have to, you know, impress everybody, player personnel, special teams coach, uh position coach, uh D coordinators, offensive coordinators cuz you have to be a team guy, you know, from uh soup to nuts all throughout the organization and nuts. you know like in the community too. Like that helps kind of like bolster them wanting to keep you around. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a jackass off the field, they like, ah, I don't know. He's a great athlete, but you know, the people don't like him. So we can lose him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and it's funny you say that because I do think that's why I was able to stay in the league for, for four years. You know what I mean? Uh, like you said, undrafted, I'm six feet tall. You know what I mean? So not, uh, as a linebacker, guys are coming in six three, six two, uh, running four four fours. Uh, you know what I mean? Came in six feet, running like a four six. You know what I mean? So um, I had to be the whole package at all times, right? Uh, I had a chance to become the community MVP for the Buccaneers and the Rams, right? I, I, that's on my resume. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, when I went from the Rams to the Buccaneers and then back to the Rams, right? Yeah. The reason why. I went back and forth, back and forth is because the people in the building, they missed me, right? They were like, yo, Cam, like, I'm so glad you're back. Um, when it comes to the, the people in the cafeteria, the, the janitor, right? Um, the, like I said, their personnel people, not only the people that are in the front office, but the people that serve us every day, right? I made sure to make those connections because that's what, that's what, at, at the same time, you know, it's a business and you want to bring value in many ways. So Absolutely. I made sure to do that. And that's why I think I stayed for, for four years in the league. Justin, you, you talk about this all the time about the importance of communication mm -hmm. and networking. And this is, this is, this is part of our utility belt as every man, Cam, you one of them too. So you know, the importance of going ahead, going out and communicating with, with people, which is why they wanted you back. I mean, you got to think about it. So you go from the then St. Louis Rams to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I was with them, and then you go back to the Rams, but now the Los Angeles Rams, uh, you know what I'm saying, and then go back to one buck. Like, people have to love you if you go like, – they probably they was probably warring over you, really, man. We want them. No, we want them. No, we need them. No, we need them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a testament to how awesome you were. Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a true. It felt like uh, kind of like two parents that get divorced. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you like get him this weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like back and forth, back and forth. But it was really cool because now that I'm retired, um, I can still dip into those you know alumni. You know the alumni base is there, right? So whether it be through Twitter, you know I'm cool with the social media girls. Uh, that run the Twitters, for, you know, for for each team, and uh, I'm still in those uh, in those environments. And a lot of guys, you know, when they retire, they just they completely remove themselves, or they don't get back to it. But just creating those relationships allow me to still be connected, man. And um, I think that's extremely important for these young guys that are coming out, or even if you're in college or high school, just make sure you treat people the right way because you never know. You never yeah. know.
Well, you know, what, one, one thing I've been, I've been, uh, I try to share with as many people as I can. And I, and I know I've talked about it on the podcast here before a lot of people probably rolling their eyes. I'm going to say this again, but you know, when I, when I toured and, and with the band and, uh, just in general, I learned, I learned an interesting, uh, philosophy actually from, I heard it from, uh, you know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan, as you say. I got Macho Man behind me there. Uh, I heard heard Chris Jericho talk about this concept, and he's interesting because he's you know he's a pro wrestler, but he also has a band that tours, and then he also has he writes books and he's a podcaster, so he kind of bounces between a lot of different things. And you know, when I when I um, get to a show, you know, it's, uh, my band's loading in or whatever, the first person I go uh, and shake hands with and introduce myself to and build a rapport with and just get to know them and they get to know me is the sound guy, okay? Because the sound guy in a venue, um, that's that's pretty much the guy who can make or break you. You know, you could be the best band in the world, but if you have a sound guy who just is having a bad day and he doesn't, doesn't like you for whatever reason, make you sound terrible, make you look awful. They can keep the lights all off and you're just playing in the dark. I mean, they, they've got a lot of control over what's going on. And, you know, people kind of come in, they get that rock star attitude, uh, whether it's, you know, I'd, I'd imagine I've never been in an NFL locker room, but I can imagine you have that, you know, thing going on. And some people want to stay in their circle and just kind of kiss up to the big guys or whatever. But I found that when you, when you make that connection from the bottom up and you go to the guy that you identify as the guy or the girl who's doing the most, the hardest job, the hardest work, and you, and you relate to them and you, you come to an understanding, um, that for me has always had great results. And, and hearing you talk about, you know, not just making a connection with your, with your teammates and your coaches, but you know, the staff that's, that's helping you, you know, along the way that's feeding you, that's key, that's cleaning up the, the cafeteria, all those things, you know, the grounds crew, the janitors. I mean, those are, there's a whole system in place behind these NFL teams. And that's why you, you know, the, the certain franchises are perennially are perennially successful because they have it from the ground up. And, uh, you know, hearing, hearing you talk about that is just, it's very cool. Cause I've, I was just having this conversation with a colleague at work today, uh, you know, starting from the ground up and, and working your way through everyone. And, and cause if you do it that way, you'll get everywhere, you know, and you just, you find, uh, you, you'll find a way to, to impact the people that you need to when you, when you treat everybody, you know, not only the way you want to be treated, right. But, you know, you treat everybody like a star. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny you say that too, because, you know, DC, as you know, in Tampa, man, it's stupid hot. I mean, <laughs> 110 degree, 15 degrees at 10 AM. We talked about this earlier. <sighs> Um, and I have to run through offensive linemen or run around offensive linemen that are 300 and some pounds, you know what I mean, to make a football team as an undrafted person. And so uh, the group of people that I do make sure that, that I'm connected with like this are the athletic trainers, right? Because oh, yeah. they bring that Pedialyte, they bring that water. And out there in Tampa, man, I, you know, I, I needed it all, right? Playing special teams, you know, special teams guys, we run more than everybody else on the team because not only do we have our own practices sometimes as special teams players, but we have to go and do the same linebacker drills or same position drills that the guys who are getting paid millions of dollars that they to do. So not only are we undrafted and have to make the team in this crazy heat, but, you know, we got to play special teams. I remember in St. Louis, you know, uh, Coach John Fossil, man, probably one of the best coaches that uh, I've ever had in the oh, league. Yeah, I mean, and even in college or high school, uh, he's with the Dallas Cowboys now. But we used to, you know, a training camp in St. Louis, it got hot there too now. But we used to have a full padded practice 
before everybody else came outside for about 25 minutes. And it's like a gauntlet. I mean, he had is just one ball and like three guys, and one person has to come up with the ball. You know what I mean? Um, just different type of things. We're just battling. And uh, I had a chance to be on Hard Knocks, uh, you know, uh, for about about two seasons with the Buccaneers and the Rams. And you'll see some of the drills we're doing there, man. We're just going at it, kind of like a O line versus D line drills. We're jacking each other up, and so um, and then going out and playing defense. I mean and having to intercept or, or punch a ball out to make the team, right? Uh, one of the security guys actually told me, his name was, uh, I think it's Herm, and he's a brother out in St. Louis, and he's like, look, Cam, he's like, I'm, I'm going to look out for you. You know, as a young rookie, he said, I'm going to tell you one thing, to stay on this team, I'm going to touch that football every day. And so I'll never forget that as a rookie. He told me to touch <laughs> that football every day, and I did. Man, whether you punch it out, whether you get an interception, but, um, you know, just, just going back to – making sure you're communicating with the people who, who, who get ignored sometimes, right? The security guard or, uh, you know, the athletic trainers, but having conversations with them kept me in the league. I mean, and so uh, just battling that heat, man, and battling different things as an undrafted free agent um, was, was a true battle. Well, I tell you what, you know, we always talk about in the podcast about how we overcome adversity. And, and another thing that I love that you talked about is uh, everything is – everything revolves around leadership, right? But in order for you to be a leader, you need to first learn how to serve. Mm. So like, that's a big, big stickler for us on the Everyman podcast. It was awesome that you, that you mentioned that. And another thing, and I got to ask you this question. I've met him in person. I have, he's not very tall, but he's very wide and cut up. Aaron Donald. I need, I need to know. If his, if his career trajectory just continues the way it is, he will go down, hands down, as the best overall defensive lineman this world has seen. But how beastly is he? You've seen him in person. I, I just get the video, and I might go to camp a couple times. But, look, I need to know, in person, what is it like? Man, D.C., I ain't going to lie. I done, seen, <laughs> I done seen Megatron. You know what I mean? I done seen Julio. I done seen... Marshawn Lynch, I done seen Tom Brady. I, I, I seen him, I've seen him play. And Aaron Donald, number one, he's six feet tall, right? I played against Aaron Donald in college at Syracuse. And this man single-handedly beat us himself at Pittsburgh. Yep. He's blocked he's blocked field goals. I mean, <clears throat> it, it doesn't make any sense, DC. So when I went to the Rams to play with him, <clears throat> this guy. He's benching 450 like we benched 225. I mean, he just knocking it off his chest. He's moving 300-pound linemen with one hand this way and then coming up and hitting another one to move with them, displacing the 300-pounders with one hand, one this way and then one this way, and then making a sack. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, <clears throat> to explain why he's so good is DC through walkthroughs. You know how sometimes before practice you have your little walkthrough for a good hour yeah. or so? And it's a walkthrough, right? So sometimes the, the linebackers will play O-line and give the look. So every rep he takes, his hands are full speed. Hands and feet are always full speed. So he's always locking out and making a move, right? He's locking out. And so you, like, as an offensive lineman, right, like, uh, as a show, like, if you're on the show team, you have to be ready because he, he's going to jack you up every time. <laughs> Doesn't you matter if I mean? it's practice. It, it doesn't matter. It's always full speed. And the wildest thing, I'll tell you a story, too. The wildest thing, we were at the Rams, 
is the the offensive coaches they would say, hey, um, when the ball would hike, Aaron would blast through, and they would say, hey, just don't even worry about Aaron. Just block the air as if he was there, and then work the way up to the linebacker. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. I mean, what 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 is that? What is that? Right? We're doing special teams <laughs> drills. We're doing ladder drills. You know, what I mean, go weaving the side back. That's special teams players like DBs, running backs. Aaron Donald's right behind us, doing it better than us. So it, it, it doesn't make any sense, man. And um, like you said, I do. He's a walking Hall of Famer, DC, and um, he will go down as one of the best defensive linemen to play the game because he. It, it just makes no. Oh, I, I was saying it, it makes no sense. <laughs> That's he's, what I was saying. I, I'll tell you what. I I just you know as I said before, I'm a big Steelers fan, and um, you know my family's from Pittsburgh. My dad went to Pitt, so I've always I've always kind of you know paid attention to to Pitt football and. Not too long ago, I saw a photo on Instagram of James Conner and Aaron Donald working out, and I, like the it was like one of those ones you swipe over. Like the first photo was them two just like, you know, strutting, and then the second photo, I was like, oh, it's Aaron Donald again. Like this guy's huge, but it was James Conner, and like you look at the two of those guys, and they're like, like obviously Aaron Donald, they're both they're both huge, but like. We're getting to this point now with professional athletes and yourself, both of you guys included, where it's like everyone is like the same size but varying levels of, of speed and power. And, you know, I've always thought it would be cool if like – like if you imagine say like uh, L.A. Had, had like shared rosters, right, where like one player has to play on the basketball team and like they have to, they have to rotate. Like now we're getting to the point where you really could do that, where like – Aaron Donald is so athletic and so just superior. He probably could go learn how to play ice hockey or go play small <laughs> yeah. forward. Like, you know, yeah. and you look at a guy like James Conner or LeBron James, you're like any of these guys now where they're like prototype size where everybody, I mean, the NBA is turning into that, you know, everybody's six, nine and, you know, runs a four, two. It's, it's just out of control. And, and so, so I see some of these athletes and it's just, it, it you know, I think about like Casey Hampton, you know, def- defensive tackle for the Seals. Granted, it's a three-four defense, a big different, different thing they're asking him to do there. But even guys like Reggie White, and then you look at a body like Aaron Donald, and it's just like, how did we get to this point? You know, where oh, yeah. everyone is oh, like, yeah. and and I think uh, this this talk about the the technique, you know, and the hand movements and stuff. Like, I don't think the average fan knows all that stuff's going on within a singular football play. And, like, in every single play, there's hand-to-hand combat almost in every position, life-or-death decisions, all these things going on in a, in a split second. And, and what's the average NFL play last? Like, four seconds, if, if that? I mean, it's, it's so quick. And, and the, the, the speed and the, and the power and everything is just going so fast. And I'm curious, you know, for, for both of you guys, who, you know, you, you've been on the field and, and you've seen it, you know, in different eras. But, Cam, how was it – how did you see the NFL change from the time you got to college to the time you were playing in the NFL? And then, like, looking at it now, do you, do you guys see that constant progression the way that I kind of, you know, from a, from, a, from a couch perspective? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I would say is getting a lot faster, man. And it's really, you know, coming out of high school, playing out here in Georgia, right down south, where you got these old school coaches. It's nine on seven. It's downhill. You go smack your running back and a fullback in the mouth. You, know, you smack the fullback in the mouth. Excuse me. Get past him and make the tackle. 
that's it, right? Like, if you get stopped by the fullback, like, get off the field. I mean, you know what I mean? Get off the field. <laughs> but really, like, going to the, you know, and the same thing in college, too. I mean, I had these coaches from the Midwest, um, you know, from Michigan State, and it's just downhill football. Isolations, you wrap over top, and you make the tackle. But, you know, as as time progressed going to the NFL, you have to become a defensive back as a linebacker, essentially. You have to train. When I did my pro day, I did the drills that the DBs did. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm flipping, flipping my hips, flipping my hips, and going for a deep ball, going and catching it and running it all the way back. But that's how it is these days. You get guys like um, Christian McCaffrey or you get guys like Alvin Kamara in the slot. You better hope you did some DB drills because if you didn't, that's your tail. I mean, you know what I mean? And these guys are, are just getting stronger. The balance is getting better. I mean, playing against a guy like Alvin Kamara, for example, I mean, this guy's pulling a truck, you know what I mean, behind him, and he's balancing. I mean, his ten toes are in the ground. He's not wobbling, and he's going forward, you know? So it's it's a different ball game, man. It's like a, it's a super saiyan thing. Yeah. These guys yeah. are, you know what I mean? These guys aren't super, like – but Aaron Donald is like a super saiyan, and it's like a, a inner like an inner power, inner fire that <laughs> puts them forward. You know what I mean? It's not that oh I'm six five and I'm about to raw. You know, it's like I have it inside, and the training inside has built me like this. So when I when that ball snaps, I'm way past you, or um or my hands in your chest, and you're now dumped on your head because <laughs> I've trained that way. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's just it's, it's just second nature. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd have to say the one thing that I've learned or uh, that I have seen from the game since I had my cleats in the ground and my hand in the dirt is, and, and you, you spoke to it with Aaron Donald, it's just the, the attention to detail with, these, with young players. Um, I don't know if it's because uh, everything is you know, popularized by the media. I don't know if it's because there's so much more content out there that showcases these these players. I don't know if it's IG or IG stories or w- whatever it might be where, you know, a, a kid, if they want to see Aaron Donald, they, don't, not o- they not only can just go on YouTube and, and see his highlight or uh, they can see some specials or some features, they can go to his, his social media, you know, platforms and then see intimate videos where he, he's, you know, with DeMarcus Ware at Von Miller's, you know, all pro uh, pass rushing camp and doing these things. So then these kids, like like any kid would, they, they want to replicate that, right? And so they put it into lyric and they put it into practice. And then that attention to detail, that fine focus to detail, you start seeing it more with a- athletes who really get granular with their game, who really get granular with their craft and who – um, implement that in every facet of it. Now, in the high school level, I, I coach defensive line out here at uh, New Egypt High School. Now, let me tell you, there's some kids that just don't get it, you know what I mean? But for the ones that are on every professional athlete's words, which is why it's important for us to, to be role models because these kids are watching, you know what I mean? So if you're, if, you know, if, if, if you're not doing what, what you're supposed to be doing, um, they're going to see that and think, well, hey, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're going backwards. But if you're like the Aaron Donalds of the world or like you, Cam, or uh, Brother Jay, even you, now this, this is cross-platform, cross cross-vocation. Cross, cross, um, um, uh, vocation. Um, the fine focus nature to the details. You say, Cam, 
You never know. You don't know how much Aaron Donald is doing in one play with trying to displace a, a, an offensive lineman, one, and then coming back two with another. All of the technique that goes into that, the 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 core balance, uh, the the hip movement, the arm roll. Uh, um, um, uh, a lot of people don't realize too grip strength. You know whether it's the 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 back three of your hand or the full four. What that means, how to pivot your elbow to maybe help in displacing an offensive lineman. All of those little things happen three or seconds, like you said, Brother Jay. Brother Jay, you putting this whole podcast together through OBS, the LEDs, everything you see going on back there, this whole thing right now is all because Brother Jay is always on the little things just to make this whole podcast thing work, which is why I love him. That's why I call him my brother. But also, um, it's the little things in this through OBS, through Skype, through Zoom, which we might move to. Cam, in your work with Heart with, with, with Heart Work Media, all the things that you do for uh, for for production, and then here even at NFL Films, what we do, um, you know, to make the best documentary sports documentaries in the world, it's all because of the little things. I see it in football. I see it as these kids get older. I'm trying to tell you, some of these kids, Cam, are six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds, and yes, are baby Hueys. And got all types of just Herculean strength and don't know what to do with it, but that's just the that's just the way of the world, you know. The Aaron Donalds are the freaks, the the just the one percent of the one percent of the one percent. Those are the guys that's gonna go down. You gonna compare him like I don't, who else can you compare him to? Who do you know that can take two three guys into the backfield at Pittsburgh and sack a, Q, a quarterback at the point of attack? I don't know. Nobody can do that. No one. You know what I mean? Same situation here. I don't know anybody that can do what it is that we're doing each within our own perspective fields. And the reason that is, is because we all pay attention to the little things. Well, let me, let me draw a connection there to kind of, you know, again, one of my, one of my passions in, in, in uh, be, just because I don't want to assume about, you know, the, the nature of professional football, but so in pro wrestling, and, and I think this is also being shown in the music world, like just being, being a musician, uh, being somebody that's into playing an instrument, whether it's guitar, piano, xylophone, whatever. Um, the NFL, you know, the, the generation of players now, you know, these guys that are 21, like the, these 21-year-olds that are coming into the league now, they grew up during the peak media concentration of NFL football. Whereas, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a half step behind that at my age where, you know, the NFL was still big, but it wasn't viewed, I don't think, as like the number one thing when I first started paying attention to football. Like my earliest memory of football is, you know, uh, Neil O'Donnell throwing a pick six, uh, you know, in, the, in that, that, that Dallas uh, Steelers Super Bowl, and, and then you fast forward to now where you've got guys that grew up with photos of Tom Brady on their wall and now they're playing with them. And you have that in things like pro wrestling where something gets super popular. Like you've got a bunch of little kids watching Stone Cold and The Rock and they go, I want to be that. Whereas the previous generation, the Stone Colds and the Dwayne Johnsons of the world, they got into pro wrestling as a means to an end because they had been either pro athletes or they got injured or they were trying to do something else and they kind of fell into professional wrestling. And then they just had that type A personality and all those intangibles and got themselves to the top versus a kid now who's sitting there watching Monday Night Raw and they go, I want to be a pro wrestler. Now they can go and they can find all of the information 
they can find the wrestling schools, they can find the coaches, the podcasts, all the things that used to not be there in that previous generation. So by the time they're 21, 22 years old and they're getting into the business for themselves, they're like further ahead than that previous generation and it keeps going and going and going, which is why when I go to NAM now, you know, the, the big music conference, and I, I see a... I'm no, I'm no longer surprised by a 10-year-old kid who can play better than me. It's just I assume if I see a child at NAM, they're just as good as me because the gap has closed. There's no gap anymore yeah. between yeah. the, the you know, availability of the education and, 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 you know, even one step further, you know, shout out to Big Jim, uh, you know, my brother, a former extractist player, a bass player in the band. You know, he played at Temple University. He was a walk-on and, you know, his younger brother now is, is playing football and he's in, getting into high school. And like when, when Mike was getting ready to, you know, he needed help putting together a highlight video versus now his little brother is making highlight videos for the whole team. So like little things like just yeah. like imagine, I mean, Daryl, when you were in high school, it was an extreme expense probably to have a family member in the stands, let alone, you know, with a video camera, you know how expensive that shit was. Nowadays, not only does everybody have a video camera, but you know my nieces can make they could cut a highlight reel on iMovie with their iPads now. So oh, yeah. you have this this convergence of access to the information, the popularity of the sport, and then just a more tech savvy generation and it's like the ones that are really in trouble is like we all think yeah, like Aaron Donald, he's a living legend, no doubt about it. But God damn, can you imagine what the next Aaron Donald is doing right now? I mean, there's some 13-year-old kid who's watching all this stuff, who's already figured out his fitness, who's already figured out his diet, studying all the film. Now you can I mean, you can pay a subscription fee to get the all 22 film now. You couldn't do that 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago. There's people sitting there for fun looking at, you know, all 22 angles just to get the knowledge so you know i think i think that next wave is is going to be uh is going to be hard to stop i tell you what let me let me ask you this question uh cam your high school highlight tape what song was playing man that's i haven't heard it in a long time but i think you know what to be honest my mom actually was in the stands recording my games, all my stuff, right? And my mom and I were the ones who edited my highlight video, right, in high school <laughs> at the age of 15, 14. And I think really it was a royalty-free song, you know what I mean? Just so that, you know, there's no copyright infringement. But uh, we made sure that was the case. You know, she Googled it all. She, uh, you know, she told me to compile a list of my top 50 colleges, slap my uh, face and my information on top of the CD and we sent them out to all 50. But um, it's just crazy, like you said, how things are changing. And I don't even remember what's on my highlights. It was probably some rock song, to be honest, with some instrumentals to keep the people hype. And uh, yeah, let it play. I'll tell you what, see, see, here, here's the thing. If you're, because we're both nerds, right? Either you got rock music playing or... You got like something just you totally wouldn't even think that like it'd be like some old school music or some jazz or like just something you never think. My high school highlight tape. I played Rubber Band Man <laughs> from the Spinners. Come on. Come on. From the Spinners. So let me just let me just like let me paint a picture for you guys. This is how nerdy I was. So I was super geeked at like the all-star game. You got you got the north side, you got the south side, everybody's sitting there like, you know, you talking trash, you know what I mean, that whole thing, right? Everybody's highlight tape plays. Mine plays last. 
And being that I was an inside, actually, Cam, I started inside linebacker when I went to Notre Dame. So I was 200 and I don't know, five pounds or whatever, but I, I averaged like 20 tackles a game. I was a, I was a, I was a monster, bro. Um, I was a monster. So I'm playing rubber band, man. It comes to do, 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 do uh, and people were losing their mind. They're like, what the hell is he playing? And the cool thing about it is every offensive lineman, every running back, every wide receiver, right? Everybody on offense that was on the other all-star team was getting broke off in my high side, high, high, my highlight tape playing to rubber band, man, the spinners. I'm telling you that if, if you want to make some people mad, put rubber band, the spinners on anything, you're going to be like, what is going on right now? That, that was my highlight. Tape. I, and I, I thought about doing, I thought about doing some like white zombie or some stuff for like my, but I, I went with rubber band, man, the spinners just cause Can't beat it. you can do that. I'll tell you what, this might be this might be a new segment on the Everman podcast with with our NFL veterans is show us your highlight reel. Let me let us let's see your high school highlight tape. I think that I think that could be a new that could be a new segment. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could definitely do that. It's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh you know, we're in for a treat. And you know, I started when I um looking back, when I made the biggest jump personally with, with my drumming, it was when I got some GoPros and I started recording every practice, and then as soon as I was done, I just watched back and took notes, and I just treated it like an athlete would treat, you know, getting ready for a game. And oh, yeah. uh, then you start you start finding the holes, the little gaps. You know, we talk about the nuance, you know, and everything. And you know, once you get your mechanics down, then you're looking to fine tune and, and really hone in on where you can improve. And you know, for anybody, if everybody listening to this, you know, whether you're a you know a baker or, or or a writer or you know a business person, I mean, you can. You can benefit a lot from from journaling, from from uh, meditating, and also just recording what you're doing and then reviewing it. You know these podcasts we oh, yeah. we listen to them. You know, I mean, we, you you've got to stay. You know, we talk about constantly working to master your craft, and and hearing from you, it sounds it sounds like it's what you've been doing since day one, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, going back and reviewing a tape that's that's important. And even when I journal, you know, before I start that pe- that fresh page, I'll go back and look at yesterday's page. Like, oh, okay, I talked about this, this, and this, and then it'll catapult me to think about what I want to do. You know, speak about next. And also, too, I realize when I jur- when I journal, I say a lot, looking forward to or excited about this. And I'm like, I gotta change that up a little bit, right? Because it's more <laughs> to look at. It. Like, hey, don't you know any synonyms for these words, right? So I think right. that just going back and reviewing uh, that's big. So yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that everybody can. I mean, n- none of us are, uh, you know, maybe except Mr. Aaron Donald, but I'm sure Aaron Donald is uh, still studying up, and he's probably doing that right as we speak. He's he's looking down at his at his uh, Microsoft Surface or whatever the the official tablet is of the NFL nowadays. And uh, get, I mean, even stuff like that, that's got to have made a huge difference. Um, were, were, you st- were you using those when you were playing, Cam, the, uh, the, the surfaces in between plays and stuff? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say in between plays. Um, well, I got, my, in between series, I should say. Yeah, yeah, in between, in between series. And it's funny, too, because people learn differently, right? And for me, um, sometimes they put our plays in the Microsoft tablet, but I was a person that I liked the book, you know what I mean? The old school book with the actual drawings, you know what I mean? And some guys, they can flip through that tablet, but for me, I'm like, okay, what if I, I leave my charger? Or what if something happens right. and it defaults or you spill some water on it, then I can't use it, right? Then I have to go back to the book. So I'm like, right, let me just cut the fat and just get to the book. Um, 
But, you know, it's just crazy to me because, you know, I, you know, Quan Alexander, uh, I played with him at the uh, Buccaneers and now he's in San Fran. And, you know, his birthday is August 3rd, mine's August 4th. So, you know, training camp, he would come to my house and we would, we would kick it there, you know, go to practice because I live closer um, to the facility. And just seeing him, you know, his routine, right? I was a, a special teamer and he was a full-time starter on defense. So anytime we get back to the house, man, he'd just go right to his iPad and be looking for hours. Like that's the only thing he's looking at. He's looking for hours, right? Me, uh, I would look at mine and I would go to my email and handle things, you know, in business or media, you know, and uh, do different things, but <clears throat> constantly looking at his stuff. And people kind of, um, having this granular idea and looking at different things and picking that apart and dissecting it and making it, making it their own, um, you know, it, it's really wild because I'll never forget this. It was my my fourth season playing in the league, and we were playing the Redskins for the fourth preseason game. And so I knew I had to ball out to make the team, right? I, I'm, a bubble, I'm a bubble guy, and so it was me and Riley Bulla battling for this position. So – um, the night before, Quan and I are sharing a hotel room, you know, and he's not playing the fourth game, right? A lot of times the starters, you know, they don't play. They let everybody else uh, go and play special teams and defense make because we got to make right? We got to make the team. So it was wild because I asked Quan, I said, yo, how do you do it, man? Like, how do you get that ball, right? A lot of times I see you get an interception or getting a fumble. Like, how do you do it? And he's like, man, the night before – you just manifest it, right? You watch the film, you watch what you're going against, and you manifest the play. You manifest you knocking the ball out. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, we're, we're eating some chocolate chip cookies, just chopping it up, <laughs> watching on TV. And so I, I do that the night before, and we're playing the Redskins, and I'm going against this running back, and I see a play that I've seen since college, right? It, it was a pool play where the guard, you know, the center and the guard, they block down the other guards coming around, and – you know, I know the other guards coming around, so I beat the guard to the spot. Um, I beat the running back to the spot, and what I do is I put my helmet right where that football is, and I knock it out, right? I knock it out, and, and I get up, and I hit the milli rock. You know what I mean? Because I, I knew I made the team. I knew I manifested it. I knew I did what I was supposed to do to, to achieve that goal, right? It's just like that granular focus, you know, and it's just wild to see sometimes the – the athletes who find the success in in the position as a linebacker or, you know, you got your Todd Girls or Aaron Donalds, um, but just the focus and the detail. And a lot of it is neck up. Yeah. A lot of neck up. You know what I mean? A Absolutely. lot of it is like, you looking at what are you seeing? What are you manifesting? What, where is your energy going? And um, a lot of that makes a difference. I'll tell you, man, Daryl and I, you know, we live it, man. You know, from, from the moment we got – we, we first got together and we started, you know, brainstorming how are we, what are we going to do? We knew that we needed to work together. We didn't know quite exactly what it was going to be. And then, you know, by the time we cooked this up and we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, we have our, we have our goals in mind and we have our focus, but we constantly, constantly talk about what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What is the goal? And, and what does it look like? And, you know, Daryl has his own method of, of visualization. I have my own method that works for me. And, I mean, we're, we're I mean, you're seeing it, man. We're, we're here in the Cosmic Canoe together, and uh, we're, we're paddling towards it. 
And, you know, it starts with, you know, talking about podcasting and as we kind of bridge into talking about your business, uh, you know, Heartwork Media, when you start something out, the, the hardest thing to do is, is to be the guy that takes that first step, the guy or girl that takes that first step. You know, last week I, I, I started, started back to work and uh, we have a beautiful uh, gym and training facility at our headquarters and, uh, you know, didn't want to get up at six o'clock, get in the gym. You know, your brain, like my brain was talking me out of it. Like I heard my alarm. I get up. I forced myself to stand up out of my bed. And I got this thing. Like if I stand up out of bed, I got to go. You know, like I can't, I'm not going to, I don't want to be, I don't want to embarrass myself and stand up out of bed and get back into bed. That's like, to me, that is just soft as goose shit. I can't do that. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by the time I got to the gym, by the time I did my workout, you know, and then I'm at my desk and I'm, I'm getting my business started for the day. And just that, that mental clarity, you talk about that granular focus, um, you know, and it, it all comes together. And then, and then all of a sudden, then things throughout the day are clicking and I'm being way more productive and, oh, wait a minute, I got this business idea. Hang on, let me fire off an email here. Oh, wait, let me call Daryl. Hey, what do you think about this? And then next thing you know, here we are. And, uh, you know, it's something that we live, we, we talk about it at length sometimes, and maybe maybe we hammer it a little too much, but whether we're talking to gentlemen like yourself, you know, NFL players, athletes that turn themselves into entrepreneurs or, you know, the world's best musicians, guys like Kenny Arnoff who can go from drumming with Elton John on Monday to Stevie Wonder on Tuesday. I mean, that's literally what this guy does. And the, the common thread is visualizing what you want to do, putting the work in, and just taking that first step. You know, like, oh, don't worry. Is, is anybody going to listen to my podcast? Is anybody going to watch my video? Maybe not. Maybe not at first. But you know what? Take that first step. Stick with it. Keep going. And, you'll, and you will see the fruits of your labor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important, man. And two, a lot of things, something that I'm working on right now is slowing down. You know what I mean? A lot of times, and I was, you know, DC, you and I were talking about this, but just having a lot of energy, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, my marketing director and I, we have, we have a podcast called Energy Captains, and I'm vibrating a lot, you know, the frequency of vibrating a lot. So what I've been focusing on with my meditation is just slowing down, standing in the stream so I can see through, through the bottom, right? A lot of times you're moving, you're vibrating, it gets cloudy, um, and even with business, right. Um, you know, I had a, a little snafu, you know what I mean? With, with business and clients and contractors where, uh, things didn't go how I wanted them, wanted them to go. Right. Uh, even in my personal life with my partner, right. Things were a little cloudy there. Things were cloudy in business. So, and this, you know, amidst COVID, right. It was not too long ago. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out kind of how to stand in the stream, slow this down. So I started meditating. I started journaling and um, really taking a lot of things off my plate so I could focus. Um, and that really helped me out a lot. Um, and it's allowing me to be present. Um, getting off my phone a little bit more allows that allows for me to slow down, right? Because in, in media, you know, we have to be on our phones a little bit more than not, right? To get the news, to get different things, to stay hip. Um, so getting off my phone between certain business hours to really focus and be intentional when I do connect, uh, right? And a lot of times you have a lot of energy. Sometimes you do things, you double book. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to be there. Oh, wait, dang it. I, I told them I would be there. And I'm realizing, too, you know, that can hurt people's feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're late to something or you you double book that, they're like, dang, like, what about me? You know what I mean? What about me? So mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm working on slowing down, being more intentional and focusing on, on my craft and what I'm doing just so I can get the, uh, get the outcome that I think that I, I, I would want. Yo, yo, Cam, it's funny you said that real quick, brother Jay. Harold, Harold Schwain was the team, the team chaplain in Baltimore, 2009. He was my original team chaplain in Chicago. And I came into the league in Oh three. So th- from Oh three to Oh nine, like I, I, I left Chicago in 05. I go to Cleveland for a season. I go to Tampa for two seasons. I'm on the shelf for a while, and then I come back to Baltimore 09. A lot of shit's happened. So he hasn't seen me. I played a reading ball. I've been back and forth to the league. And that point you just made about slowing down is so critical because when I, was, when I was younger, it was like I felt everything had to be blitzkrieg. I got to jet this gap as a three technique and get into the backfield and just I got to beat everybody. And you you don't think about, again, those little nuanced things that you were talking about, Brother Jay, about what you were talking about, Cam. And I just I didn't get it. I wasn't processing the slowdown that you need to maximize your full potential until I met a guy by the name of John Greenwich in northern Illinois. um, And I, I started getting immersed in mixed martial arts, particularly Wing Chun. So this MMA instructor would beat my flipping butt. <laughs> I mean, he would, oh, dude. And I did it for hand speed and just kind of, he he called it key control or whatever whatever it is, what it, what it amounted to is slowing down, right? And he would say this to me, like, we do this thing called chi sao. You put your hands together and you try to feel the leverage. You try to feel... You know, the energy, you say that energy that kind of ramps up to try to harness and hold, right? And when the energy was off, he jabbed me dead in my mouth, bomb. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, snap, what, what is going on? He's like, he's, and he would say, you have a noisy mind. You have a noisy mind. He said, calm your mind. You won't be able to defend if you have a, if you have a noisy mind. And so he got me to the point to where, like, I understood the flow of energy. I understood why the importance of slowing down is necessarily when you want to go fast. He would say, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And I didn't understand that when I first started with him, but fast forward to me going to Baltimore in 09, I'm going up against um, Marcel Yonda, right? We're in, we're in camp or whatever, and new guy on the block. I had just come in off a of workout the previous day. My, my, def- the, my defensive line coach that was at Notre Dame was a linebacker coach, uh, underneath uh, uh, Sexy Rexy, uh, he was a DC in, in in Baltimore. So Harold is watching all the defensive linemen, you know, one on one passers. I'm beating the brakes off of everybody, just beating the brakes off of everybody. And then after practice is over, we're going to facility. I got a big, I got a big like, you know, fro is melted into my face. Like you couldn't really tell me. You, you, Harold did not recognize me in 09 based upon when I was clean cut and shave and goatee back in 2003 and, and five. So he comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, uh, great job out there, man. Like, what's your name? And I look at him and I go, Harold, you know who this is, man? It's DC. And he goes like this. He says, bro, he's like, you are a totally different player, man. He's like your process, how you step through things, your transitions are so smooth. He goes, you must have slowed. You must have learned how to slow down. Mm. You must have learned how to slow down. 
And I was like, it's so funny you said that. My my seafood, who's my my MMA instructor, I said, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Gave him a hug, embraced him, went on into the lot. But it's so cool that you just said the importance of slowing down. It means a, it means a great deal. Slow, smooth, smooth and fast. For for all y'all. Every man listeners or, or or you you got you got my man Cam. This is this is this is NFL linebacker saying this right now. It ain't all about how fast you're going. Brother Jay, you know about this when you be shredding on the kit. It ain't about how fast you're going, it's what you're doing. It don't necessarily gotta be fast. Slow or smooth, smooth is fast. That's right. That's right. And you know, just to tack on to that Every every drum teacher I've ever had, you know, even like uh, coming up up here in a couple of weeks, our guest Matt Halpern, um, if you can't, your brain, in order to understand something like a rhythm, a, like a, a complicated rhythm, because really what you're doing when you're drumming is you're you're spitting out rhythms that have existed since the beginning of time. Like we're not really inventing new percussion here. There's there's I mean you're just kind of tapping into existing rhythms and trying to build this erector set of funk up to the sky. And, you know, if you can't process, like your brain's not going to process a rhythm at a hundred miles an hour. It's just not the first, you need to understand it slow to be able to play it fast. And like people, you just, you, you play a certain tempo and you're like, okay, I'm just going to, and it's like, nope, not it. And you got to take it back and you can't play it fast unless you play it slow. And, uh, you know, every great you know, music lesson in history will, will, will lead you to that, uh, to that point. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of pivot here into talking about, uh, you know, your, 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 your pivot, um, so to speak from, from the NFL and into, into business. So tell us a little bit about Heartwork Media. Uh, what's your, what's your role there? What was the kind of idea behind that? And, and what are you guys up to with that? Yeah. So really for me in college, right. I have my own show <laughs> called Cam's Camp. And looking back now, it's horrible. I mean, I had a button-up shirt on, college shirt on with basketball shorts, you know what I mean? And <laughs> I'm like, if you look at it now, you're like, what the heck is going on? But that, you know, that was my start. You know what I mean? Like you said, sometimes you got to start and go. And that was my real start to, like, get in front of people. It's on YouTube. And I'm interviewing my teammates left and right, like, hey, we're playing Pitt this week. We got Aaron Donald. Um, you know, what are you thinking, right? Ask them those questions. And also, too, I'd interview the managers, right? We were, in, we were with the managers. I got old helmets on. I mean, just creating television, it's creating content. And so as time progressed, you know, I kind of went on my own shows with the Buccaneers and with the Rams, you know, but being a bubble guy, I'll never forget. Um, I prepared for a show called 52 Seconds of Cannon Fire. Right. I was number 52 for the Buccaneers. I mean, you got those big cannons at the, you know, pirate ship going off for every touchdown. So I had my own graphic made and all that. And so the people that worked at the Buccaneers, you know, the, the media folks, they were like, hey, like uh, we can we can definitely launch the show this week. Oh, wait, pause on that the next week and then pause on that. And the reason why is because they were looking to make a roster move. And I'm like, wow, like I'm at the mercy of someone else at all times when it comes to this. stuff. So I was like, OK. let's time this out, right? Uh, A lot of times when you do the same thing over and over again, it gets old. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start my own stuff up. You know what I mean? Let me control my own dialogue. And that's why I started the company is to create my own dialogue, right? I interned at Players' Tribune, um, you know, uninterrupted, and they have their own dialogue there, right? This is a Players' Tribune shirt, power to the players. So I was like, okay, I got the answers here and here. I've done my internships here. Let me start my own stuff and bring in people that I know to create and help them tell their own story. So 
that's what I'm doing right now, man. And it's also, and it's, and it's transforming. It's evolving into a, and a creative agency, right? Where we're helping people boost their social media profiles, right? They're like, look, I want to get my business going. Uh, I'm wealthy. I got kids. So, Hey, you help me run my social media and boost my profile. Let me know how to do it, where to go. And I'll pay you some money. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I'm actually right now I'm working on closing a contract out um, with a with a former Florida player, you know, Florida alum um, who won a national championship and and wants to get his stuff going. So um, really just helping people amplify their voices through media and digital content because uh, I watched the BET Awards last night. I mean, they're doing this stuff from home. You know what I mean? Uh, the draft. They're doing this stuff from their houses. So really just diving into this space and being able to amplify people's people's voices and tell stories from from the people who the groundskeepers to the CEOs, you know what I mean? Few and far in between all of those people. That's what I'm working on doing and it's been great so far. You know, it's it's funny the the two things kind of jump out to me immediately there is, you know, I was talking about these you're harnessing rhythms that have existed long before you and storytelling is like that too in that it's, you know, the first day our ancestors sat around fire, they were drumming and telling stories. You know what I mean? Like since day one, that's what, that's what humanity has been all about. And I think, you know, Daryl touched on this earlier about NFL films. And that's one of the things that's special is, is that ability to, to tell a narrative that's going on inside of a narrative, you know? And, um, I think it's really, I checked out, you know, obviously I always do my research and I checked out some of your work online and, and your profile and your presence there. And, and it's really, it looks great. You know, it's, it's great stuff. And I like the message. I like, I like the idea that you're going for there. And, and one of the things I think is um, interesting, and you can probably relate to this cam is ever since we started this, this journey here on the, on the Everman podcast here, um, at first, you know, people like they'll entertain you, like, "Oh, that's cool, man. Good for you. Do your thing." And then, then you keep going with it, and then you start, you start bringing in some bigger guests and bigger guests, and then, you know, one after another, people are like, "How did you do that? How did you do this? How did you do that?" Like, and then, it, then it turns into the conversation turns into, "How do I start a podcast? You know, how do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? Because I'm seeing what you're doing, and I want a piece of it." And the thing I always tell everybody is, "Hey, man." Don't focus on getting people to come to you. Focus on making your thing first and, and make your thing the way you want it and then be passionate about it, nurture it, grow it. And then once it's where it needs to be, it's like, it's like turn on a light in a dark room. People see it, people hear it and they, they want to be a part of it. And I, and I suspect that's a lot about kind of your business too, in that, you know, people know you, they may, they may have a, a knowledge of you from your time and time in the league. Um, but you know, they want to work with you because they see what you're doing and they see what you're about. And, and you probably don't have to go around asking people to come to you at, at a certain point. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's wild because Man, I started this media company, and I don't have any employees, right? I just I contract everybody. And, I mean, I'm getting guys from Syracuse, young young athletes who live in Georgia, like, look, Cam, I want to get into the media business. I, I'm not too sure what I want to do, but let me join the team. I'll do whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well, and I do, do think, you know, slowing down and creating something regardless of who's watching or looking – um, that creates authenticity, you know what I mean? And people are attracted to that. And so I think for me, a lot of times I'm like, dang, I'm not posting enough on my so my hard work, social media or my own personal profile. But 
a lot of it right now is me slowing down to create that that perfect meal, you know what I mean, that I want um, to push forward. And I'm going to put some stuff out and, and throw, do some different things, but creating that perfect meal of authenticity that that uh, represents me. You know, I named it Heartwork Media because I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know what I mean? Like, I got a lot of passion, a lot of energy. And so I want to create something that, uh, that exemplifies that. And so, like you said, man, I, I think as long as you're authentic, yep. um, you're speaking from the heart, I think it's, it's going to come out and people are going to be attracted to that. Absolutely. And, and I think the, awesome. other, the other interesting piece about what you said there about uh, players kind of hitting you up is now this is just my opinion. Uh, you know, this is, I'm not speaking for Daryl here or Cam. My opinion is that I think in the coming years, uh, a lot of smart, savvy players like yourself, I think they're going to start treating the NFL like NFL players treated college in that, Hey, this is a means to me getting to the next thing to kind of get up and get out and I think last year we saw that with some players out in San Francisco. There was a linebacker who, who retired early, and a couple players retired. They called the, the hell, you know, whatever reason that they might have. Um, but if you can make it, you know, you can make it to that point, and you've got your head on your shoulders, you know, you get in, you can get out and, uh, and, grow, and grow whatever it is that you want to do, whether you want to start a food truck or a, or a television network. Um, I think it's interesting now that, that athletes – you know, we see this play out in politics and the media all the time. I don't want to get into all that, but athletes now, I mean, just everyone in general, everyone's an everyman. You know, it's like everybody's a five-tool player. Everybody can uh, can cut their own highlight reel. Everybody can, you know, uh, program their own their own content. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how these things progress and, and how many more players maybe choose to play a little less time in the league and then, you know, try to start something up because now it's like every time I turn around, I'm seeing some new startup that Russell Wilson's got money invested into or Richard Sherman or, you know, you name it. Everybody's, everybody's diversifying. Yeah. You can attest to it. This it's, it's, it's the number one rule that we learned day one is undrafted free agents in the league. It's all about the more that you can do. It's all about the more that you can do. We get in and we feel siloed underneath the shield and just playing and playing and thinking, okay, it's all about the more that you can do that's on this field. Uh Uh-uh. It's all about the more that you can do in your life. Yep. It's all about the more that you can do in your life. Hey, I was talking, we we were talking about B. Cope today. That brother? (laughs) Yo. Yo. Hey, he figured that stuff out early. He's like, hey, man, Baltimore? Let me go. 1.2 mil. Only got 20, 20, 20, 20K from that, that contract. They're going to toss me out like that? Okay. I'm a smart young man. I peep game. All right. I'm going to go in. And, Brother Jay, we talk about this all the time. Being intentional, being purposeful, and being driven. All right? Cam, slowing it down, seeing how the game's being played. Hey, I'm going to flip this thing. And I'm going to make it work out better for me, my family, and those that are in the cosmic canoe that are in this thing with me. So it's all about the more that you can do. Those, uh, those uh, multiple revenue streams, all the gifts, talents, and treasures that God bestows upon you, utilizing those features in addition to the, in addition to the football field stuff to make things happen for yourself, for you and your family, for your friends, and the ones you, you hold dear. It's all about the more that you can do, man. That's it. That's all. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like, you know, being a Swiss Army knife, really. I, I started cooking. You know what I mean? I started cooking. I started reading more. I mean, I started diving into my faith a little bit more. You know, I started doing things that I wasn't doing beforehand. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I I do bring more to the table. You know what I mean? And we'll talk about cooking. Brother Jake can cook. That oh. brother can cook right there. Uh, I like to smoke the meat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a barbecue man. <laughs> yeah. I got, okay, I got wait, <sighs> Dog. Let me just tell you something. I got three racks of spare ribs in the freezer right now for uh, for Fourth of July. You know, I like I like to get down with brisket. Nothing makes me happier than waking up at like three thirty in the morning, throwing a good fifteen pound slab of beef on the smoker and just letting it ride. You know what I mean? Then you go back to bed, you wake up, and you got a half cooked meat there. I got a smoker and it changed my life, man. If you're if you're into barbecue or even if you're not into barbecue, just get a smoker and and then you will become. Uh, a barbecue uh, addict. It's as, this is my biggest problem. Cam is, I'm like I don't know. You call it whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm like addicted to being addicted. You give me like I will find something, and 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 be careful what you say to me because I will take it and I will run all the way to the end with it. And then I'll be like, Hey Daryl, look what I did. And he's like, Well, I guess we're doing a Twitch stream now. You know? And it's just <laughs> I get I get I get into stuff. You know, I've I've found you know, you talk about, you know, fi- uh, growing and learning, you find ways to uh, kind of harness your your uh, maybe your deficits for good, right? Turning those turning those things into bad. So I've turned it away from bad things, you know, and focused it more on uh, podcasting, broadcasting, business development, all these things. Mm-hmm. 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 And I gotta say, you know, I, I just realized this is the first podcast we've done where it's not just me that has a picture of me behind me. My man Cam over here, my man Cam over here has got this beautiful cornhole board with his own face on it. I love it. It's, I mean, did you, is that a custom? Did, was that part, was that sold in the store? What's the deal with that? Yeah, man. Shout out to victory tailgate. You know what I mean? They hooked it up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wanted to show love to Cuse, man. You know what I mean? Cuse, um, Really, to be honest, you know, playing football and all that in the NFL, things come and go. You go to different teams, but this is one thing that stays constant. You know what I mean? So that's why I was on the show love to the alma mater. And um, actually, you know, right now we're just working on some things there now where, where we're bridging the gap, right? There's a lot of times, I don't know if you all feel this, D.C., or, um, but, you know, the generation gap between your colleges, sometimes you're not connected with the alumni there. So we're working on that now where we can – we can tap into the younger athletes and the kids on campus and, and bring them resources, you know, that they need. And, uh, you know, with the social injustices that are going on, some of them don't feel like they have a voice. So really figuring out how to give them those resources, whether it be through the NFL PA, you know what I mean? And the NFL, our NFL union and saying, Hey, you know, we, there's some young guys that, that need that need the social help. You know what I mean? And so we're working on that, bringing that to them. So, uh, yeah, I got this up here as a talking point to kind of uh, to lean on. Right now, I got my media start, you know what I mean, through Syracuse. So uh, uh, much love to Cuse and, uh, you know, the memories that were created there. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. And I think that's a great that's a great place to leave it till we bring you back on, man. Cam, tell us, tell us, uh, tell the audience here, every man and the every woman in the Cosmic Canoe with us, where can they keep up with you on social media? If anybody's looking to kind of take their take their business or take their project to the next level, how can they get in touch with Heartwork Media and uh, just generally give us the plugs, brother? Yeah, so, you know, Twitter, Heartwork Media One, um, and then Heartwork underscore media on Instagram. And, you know, I have a website as well, heartworkmedia.com. 
and, you know, really just, you know, reach out to me. I, I, I'm going to respond. You know what I mean? I, we might <laughs> have that check on there. That don't, that don't mean nothing, right? I'm about the people. So uh, please, you know, hit me up if you want to conversate. A lot of times people say, oh, let me pick your brain. Hey, I'm down. I hop on the phone for 30 minutes and, and give some advice. So, uh, you know, shoot me a line. Uh, let me know what's up, and I'm going to respond and show love. Hey, you can take it from me, folks, listening. I'll be picking your brain. See, this is what I mean. You got to be careful. You don't don't make an empty gesture to a vigil. Uh, it's it'll you know. I'll take you up on it. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, Cam, this was this was a great conversation. Appreciate you, Cam. Seriously, man. Thank you for joining us. You know, we're we're praying for you. We're keeping you in our thoughts. We got you on the prayer board. We got you in the canoe, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you know, keep keep the message going. And uh, we look forward to having you back on again soon, my brother. Most definitely. DC, y'all, I appreciate it. The Cosmic Canoe has been great uh, traveling with y'all, and I uh, look forward to doing it again. Amen. Yeah. All right, brother. All right, y'all.